It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law, featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney and a partner at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to maukbaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call us at 312-726-1243. The current state of our country is vastly different from what our founding fathers could have ever imagined. But how has it changed? Today, I will be speaking with David Barton, the founder of Wall Builders, a national pro-family organization dedicated to presenting America's forgotten history and heroes. Wall Builders puts an emphasis on the moral, religious, and constitutional foundation on which America was built. A foundation, I might add, which in recent years has been seriously attacked and undermined. David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for having me. David, I just have to start in with uh, a scripture that comes to mind as I read this introduction. I am reminded of Psalm 11.3, which states, When the foundations uh, are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? So I think for our whole program, uh, given the ministry that you have and the work that you're doing, I'd love to focus on that issue. Um, Take us a little bit. So tell us about wall builders and what you're doing. Wall Builders is the name we take from the Bible book of Nehemiah. It is a story of rebuilding that which has been torn down. Uh, We like it especially because it's the largest grassroots uh, story recorded in the Bible. Everyone got involved in rebuilding their their own city, the things that were torn down around them, and they amazingly were able to rebuild when none of them predicted they could. They were all pessimistic about it, yet when everyone got involved, it was an easy thing for them. So that's what we do. We do it through what's called historical reclamation. Uh, so much of what we have in the way of policy today is built on the perceptions of our, our past, our history, our foundations. And if you get those perceptions or beliefs wrong, then you'll be building on the wrong basis. And so we try to point people back to the foundational principles, back to the things on which uh, we were built. And uh, despite what so many academics say today, America is a very unique nation, and we are a very exceptional nation. Not as a matter of pride or arrogance or look at us, but st- strictly as a matter of statistics. Um, the average nation in the history of the world, they have a new constitution every 17 years. We've been 231 years under the same piece of paper. No nation's ever come close to that. Other nations in the world, the average is a violent revolution every generation. We had one revolution back 234 years ago. Uh, we've had a civil war. And that's it. Uh, So we are unique. We are more prosperous than any other nation, more stable. Uh, We are more creative. And those aren't matters of opinion. Those are matters of statistics. And there's a reason why. That's not just happy accident. There are reasons that America has performed. And it goes back to our foundations. Well, let's go back to those foundations then. Um, In my introduction, I said that we were founded on certain uh, principles. And in recent years, those have been seriously attacked. Uh, give us the basics. What were we founded on? And then maybe we can talk a little bit about the attack that's taking place. Let me, uh, in, in doing that, Rich, let me first hit principles, because this is a really key thing. I speak at a lot of law schools now. A lot of 
nations as well. I was invited to Ukraine to help them do a new constitution of their nation. They had one they wrote when they separated from the Soviet Union, but man, they didn't know what freedom was or what it looked like, and now they're finding that constitution's inadequate, so they're writing another. So I said, they're law schools and their government schools, et cetera, and, and they hear the same thing that our, our kids today hear as they go through law schools. My gosh, we don't need to be bound by things 200 years old. I mean, the founding fathers, when they wrote the Constitution, were using quill and ink. They didn't even know what electricity was, much less technology. They moved around on horses. Do we really want to be bound by a document 200 years old? And so that is the debate. And, of course, the, the answer is I don't want the technology 200 years ago. I like the technology we have today. I like the ease and convenience. But that's not principles. That, that is technology. And so what I, what I like to point out to them is, for example, I am a pilot. I fly a plane. The only reason I can do so is because I understand what Isaac Newton did 500 years ago with the laws of motion, particularly the second law of motion. No plane gets off the ground if you don't understand that fundamental principle, that, that law of, of, of motion. Same with Kepler. We're, we're doing interplanetary space travel. Kepler never thought anyone would leave the face of the Earth. Yet we use his laws of, of his international planetary motion laws even today. So there are laws that never change over time. Boyle's law of gases is why we can scuba dive. Boyle never thought anyone could breathe underwater. So all these are 500 years old, but they work today. And so what we like to point out is technology is what changes. Principles do not change. The principle of gravity, the principle of anything else. So America was founded on, on six very key principles that our founding fathers set forth in the Declaration. They said they felt like they had a moral responsibility to tell the rest of the world what those principles were. And in 155 words, they, they said, here's the five principles we believe. And those principles have never changed. They will not change. And that's what's made America unique. So the notion that we need something different because this is so old and those guys are so outdated, no, that, that's wrong. The foundations do not change. The principles do not change. Only technology changes. And they were very wise at recognizing those six principles. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Malk & Baker. If you're just tuning in, make sure to visit MalkBaker.com to hear the rest of this interview. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today, we're speaking with David Barton, the founder of All Builders. And at this point, we're talking about the six principles which do not change um, that our government was, or our country was actually founded on uh, over 200 years ago. David, you've led us into it. So what are those six principles? In the 155 words there in the Declaration, they start by saying, first off, we believe that there are absolute rights and wrongs, and that once you know what those rights and wrongs are, then you have a basis for truth. So they called, called those the laws of nature, nature's God, and then they said, after we've established the laws of nature, nature's God, we hold these truths to be self-evident. So you have to have a standard for right and wrong before you can have the standard for what's true and what's not. In their case, in choosing that phrase, the laws of nature, nature's God, eight-word phrase, it was extremely familiar to every legal thinker in that day and most Americans as well. Um, it came from a work that was written in 1766 called Blackstone's Commentaries on the Law. And in that Blackstone set forth that when you look at the origin of laws, you go back to God. He created the first civil government. The first set of civil laws were in Genesis 9, the Noahide laws, seven laws on what you do with murder and what you do with theft, etc. And he points out that, that those rights and wrongs for, for what you look at in a culture for right and wrong, they come from the dual revelation of God. One is how God reveals himself in nature, and two is how he reveals himself in the scriptures. That's the laws of nature. 
and the laws of nature's God that he wrote down. So from that, I can determine rights and wrongs. Like I, I can look, for example, at nature and just to pull uh, an issue today, abortion. There are 10 million known species in nature, and not a single species kills its young while it's still in the womb. That's a violation of natural law. All right, I'll look at the scriptures and say, and by the way, I can also point to John 1 and Psalm 139, all these others. So it's also a violation of the laws of nature's God. So from that, we are able to determine much of what we call the common law, Seventh Amendment of the Constitution. It gives us the rights and wrongs. Uh, that's what we use in the nation. Now, once you determine the rights and wrongs, you can then talk about truth. The second principle, they said that there is a creator, and they did not do that as a matter of private conscience. They did that as a matter of public declaration. They said this is, as in their words, this is the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. We're telling you there is a God. That was important because if you do not have a God, government will always think that it is God, and it will start giving you the final word on what you can and can't do in your life, what's right and wrong, etc. So they well, first David, say there are rights and wrongs. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rich. As you say that, I, I come to the point of knowing that if you don't have a creator, we're the creator, and we make up our own rules as we go. That's so right. this whole idea of natural law and revealed law that you're talking about requires that there be a creator. It requires it, and it, it is the best way to preserve the freedoms of individuals because it gives us what is called limited government. Um, what it does is it says, look, government, you are not God. There is a God, and you're subject even to his rights and wrongs. And so as I look at any secular nation in the world that does not have a, a biblical creator-God basis, you have trouble with it. If I, if I go to Germany right now, you will, be in you will be thrown in jail if you try to homeschool your kids because children not, do not belong to parents. They belong to the state. Same in Scotland, same in so many other nations. Um, if I try to share my faith in France, I will go to jail. It is called proselytization. You're not allowed to do that. And so what happens is if you not, do not have a, a creator that tells you what's right and wrong, government will tell you what's right and wrong. And in the case of Western civilization in America, we would lose so many of what we call inalienable rights if we let the government decide what's right and wrong. And that, by the way, uh, is the third point they made. There is a creator, and he gives a certain set of rights to man. And government's not allowed to touch those rights. So they initially listed three in the Declaration. They listed another 16 or so in the Bill of Rights. And it says, government, you're not allowed to mess with our free exercise of religion, the right to worship God according to dictates of conscience. That's up to the individual. And by the way, you can't mess with our right of self-defense. And while you're at it, you can't take our private property, which is the Fifth Amendment, and you have to give us justice and course in Fourth through Eighth Amendment. So they list really about 19 inalienable rights. They said there were roughly two dozen. And they notified government that these are things you cannot touch. These came from God. Only he can regulate them. All you can do is observe them. So those first three points all are God-centered, and they all give you limited government. And if you have any government that does not believe that there's a creator and does not believe that he gives you rights to be protected, then you will have an intrusive regulating government. And so the more secular America becomes, the more we see that shifting. But these are timeless principles that work for any nation. So those are the first three of those six principles, and that, that really is the basis on which we, we base the other three principles. Coming up, we will talk further with David Barton, founder of Wall Builders, about the foundation of America and how it was built and how we can get back to those principles. I'm Rich Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus.
Hello, I'm David Smith, Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute, an independent nonprofit ministry dedicated to boldly bringing a biblical perspective to public policy. Here at IFI, our mission is to support traditional family values, defend biblical truths, and uphold Christian morals. We consider Mauk and Baker our allies in this mission, and we are proud to support them in their legal endeavors. Mauk and Baker is a law firm that upholds Christian beliefs, putting God first. If you ever find your religious liberty and rights as a person of faith under attack, you can trust the attorneys of Mauk and Baker to fight for you. Mauk and Baker has a team of Christian lawyers who seek to achieve justice and advance the gospel through their work. If you have a legal need or question and would like the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact Mauk and Baker at 312-726-1243 or visit their website at maukbaker.com. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Rich Baker and an attorney with the law firm of Mauk and Baker, a law firm based in Chicago which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals and their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to mountbaker.com forward slash radio. Today, we're speaking with David Barton, the founder of All Builders, and we've been talking about six essential principles that the U.S. Uh, was founded upon. Uh, in the first segment, we talked about three of them. David, what are the second three principles that uh, you want to add to that? Well, once you say that there are immutable rights and wrongs to establish truth, and that there is a creator, and the creator gives you a certain set of rights, which are the first three, the fourth is the primary purpose of government is to protect inalienable rights, not to secure borders, not to give us a job, it's to make sure you have the right to practice inalienable rights. The fifth principle is that anything below inalienable rights and moral rights and wrongs is voted on by the people, what we call the consent of the governed or the will of the majority. And the sixth principle is that if you ever have a government that does not secure these first five principles, you have a right to alter or abolish or to create a new government that does. So those are the five principles every government should do, and if they don't, then you've got a right to get a new government that does that. So that's what we told the world when we established America. Here are the six principles on which we build everything, and by the way, every clause in the Constitution goes to uphold one of those six principles. That's the basis of America. Uh, David, there's two things going on here. There's two principles that um, I think about when you begin to speak of this. First of all, here you're not beginning with the U.S. Constitution. You're beginning before that with the Declaration of Independence. There are many who um, would um, belittle the Declaration and say it's not a legal document and it's no longer significant. What's your response to that? Uh, it's that they ha don't have a clue what they're talking about. In the U.S. Code today, on page one, it lists the four organic documents of the United States that no other document is allowed to violate. And those four are the Declaration, the Articles of Confederation, the U.S. Constitution, um, and the Northwest Ordinance. Thirty-two states came in under the Northwest Ordinance. That's how you become a state. So those are the four fundamental laws nothing's allowed to violate. Past that, I would go to the writings of the Founding Fathers that they clearly said, uh, Sam Adams and others said, hey, the Constitution did not abolish the Declaration. The Declaration laid the foundation of the Constitution as a structure. In the Declaration, we gave you the values, and that's the foundation. And in the Constitution, we told you how to operate under those values. So if you take the Declaration away, you lose that. It's significant throughout history. Every group that wanted to fundamentally shift 
values in America always said, well, the Declaration doesn't apply. And it's interesting, in the 1830s in the abolition movement, they were saying, hey, the Declaration is the one that says all men have liberty, but that's not in the Constitution, and we swear to uphold the Constitution, not the Declaration. We heard the same thing with Roe v. Wade in 73. Hey, the Declaration is what gives you an inalienable right to life, not the Constitution. We swear to uphold the Constitution. We heard the same thing with natural marriage six years ago. Is hey, the laws of nature, nature's God is what gives you marriage, not the Constitution. So every time they want to fundamentally shift society, they ignore the values of the deck. But what I would finally say is Article 7 of the Constitution actually ties itself directly to the Declaration. And to this day, every single law signed by a president, they date themselves not to the Constitution, but to the Declaration. Every law signed by every president since George Washington dates that federal act to the Declaration, not to the Constitution. And the Constitution does the same thing. The Constitution dates itself to the Declaration. It does not start a new constitutional numbering system. So even the Constitution acknowledges the Declaration is the founding document on which everything is built. You know, when you say that, uh, I do a lot of uh, corporate work, and, and I always think of uh, the Articles of Incorporation and then the bylaws. And the bylaws are the operating procedure by which a company functions, but it's the articles that set forth its vision and purposes. And and I always think of uh, the Declaration of Independence in the same way. It sets forth our vision. It sets forth our our uh, purposes. And, I, and, you know, there's a second thing that you mentioned that I think is important for our listeners, and that is inalienable rights. What do you mean by inalienable when you use that term? You know, fortunately for us, is the, the guys who gave us that term defined it. Alexander Hamilton defined it, John Adams defined it, um, John Dickinson signed the Constitution, they defined it. They said, that's a right given you by God, which no inferior power has a right to regulate or to take away. So if I were to use the analogy, I'm a cowboy, I live in the country in Texas, I have a nice red truck, I love red trucks, I've had them for a number of years. My son has a black pickup truck. When he came on the ranch, I promptly spray-painted his pickup truck red because everybody needs a red truck. No, can't do that. I'm allowed to spray paint red anything I own. I can spray paint my pastures red, my roads red, my farms red, but I can't spray paint his truck red. And so what happens here is this says, government, you can spray paint red anything that belongs to you, but these inalienable rights do not belong to you, and you can never spray paint them. You have to keep your fingers off of them. And so that's what an inalienable right is. It's a right that came from God to every single human being, not because of where they live, not because of their gender, not because of their race, not because of their age. Because you're human, you have certain rights, and government is not allowed to touch those rights. Now, they do in nearly every other nation in the world. In America, we've been unique because we said, here, in the Bill of Rights and the Declaration, here's, here's 19 rights you can't touch. And as long as you keep government out of that, that's what you have is inalienable rights. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Rich Baker of Malkin Baker, and we're talking with David Barton, the founder of Wall Builders. We've been talking about the foundations upon which our nation was founded, and now we're going to switch gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about the direction we're going, and what can we do about it, David? Well, the direction we're going is not a helpful direction, not a healthy direction. Um, currently, our, our current rising we do we do tons of work in polling. I mean, tons of work in polling. Uh, just yesterday, got the results in of a massive national poll. And so, I will say that the next generation holds three beliefs that no nation has ever been able to survive. The current three beliefs they hold on morality, on government, and on economics. 
when those beliefs have been applied in every other nation in history that never survived. So we are at a crisis point, but the good news is the, the younger generation holds those beliefs without knowing why they hold them. They, they hold those beliefs because they have been taught by professors and others that that's what they should believe. Uh, what we have found is they're very easy to turn, and it simply takes questions. And by the way, uh, this is the way we used to do some American education. We taught you how to think, not how to learn. Today, we teach you how to learn. We teach you what you should know, not why you should know it. And so it's very easy to deconstruct bad knowledge by asking questions. Um, we have two-week sessions for 18 to 25-year-olds uh, that go all summer long. And what we do, we know what they're going to get to college and law school and everywhere else. We simply start asking them questions about what they think they believe. And they quickly find out they don't have the answers to that. And then once they do, then we can lead them and say, well, here's some other options. Look at, look at what the documents, look at what history says, look at what other nations have done. And so it's a very easily changeable thing. But we have some very dangerous beliefs right now. Um, the good news is that it's very easy to change people with those beliefs when you ask them the right questions. So I had started this program with Psalm 11, what can the righteous do when the foundations are being destroyed? Uh, tell us about what Wall Builders is doing and how people can get involved in, um, in, in the way you're describing it would be in rebuilding the walls. How do we do that? Yeah, in, in rebuilding the things that have been torn down, there's a lot of things we do. We have pastors' conferences throughout the year in Washington, D.C. particularly, where we train pastors on here's what pastors used to do, here's what the Bible says, how, here's how you can apply it. Uh, we have conferences for young people, these trainings that we do throughout the summer, two weeks at a time. We have a legislative network of about 4,000 state legislators. Um, we, we train them throughout the year, and they introduce legislation all year long on, on things that reflect constitutional, moral, and religious principles. Um, there are so many areas in which we, we deal. Uh, I've also been chosen by a number of states to write the history and government standards for, for history and social studies in those states. So we work with textbooks, with textbook publishers, with education. We have training uh, seminars for teachers. Um, we, we own 120,000 original documents from before 1812, and in all of our trainings, we make sure the teachers and the kids and the pastors and others see the originals and handle the originals themselves, and it just changes what, what they think and believe, and we ask questions that make them think about what they've been taught. So we, we try to get involved in a number of areas to trying to help people restore the foundations, rebuild that which has been torn down. If, uh, if you were going to look in a crystal ball into the future, uh, what do you see uh, in our future for this country? I see. I'm very optimistic. I've never seen a generation change as rapidly as I see these young people changing now when they get information. And I will say that I am thrilled because every every session we, we get kids and they actually go back and they start asking their professors questions. And we have seen the professors actually change because it's things they've never thought about, that they've just been told. So seeing how easy it is to change uh, people and what they believe, even the professors who teach some of the goofy stuff, is has been really, really thrilling to me. Uh, seeing the number of legislators who want to do the right thing, just didn't know what it was, and the kind of legislation starting to enter a pro-life position. And in the last five months, we have had 250 pro-life bills introduced in America in 41 states, and half of those bills would abolish abortion. I mean, that's, that's in five months we've had this. That, uh, that is incredible. Are... And I'm going to have you back on the show, by the way. We've got to continue this conversation. So thanks for being on the show. How can people learn more about wall builders and show their support? 
Real easy, wallbuilders.com, and there's lots of tabs there for the programs we've mentioned, even to see the original documents. We put it all there where folks can see, so wallbuilders.com. David, um, I'll have you back. Thanks so much for being with us. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Visit our website and subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter with legal updates or call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. Thanks for listening. I'm Rich Baker, attorney at Malkin Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.